when I was in South India, I chose to live in a, in a very rural village called Kulupalayam, which is on the southeast of India, three hours south of Chennai, in the state of Tamil Nadu. And this, this village that I was in had limited access to water. Water ran only twice a day, for a little while at six in the morning, and then again 12 hours later, just as the sun went down. And the electricity, there was very frequent blackouts. Some days there would be no electricity, and that's something that you just had to, to get used to, you know. The village that I was in was very tight-knit, um, but I didn't speak the language. And my next-door neighbour was a lady called Divya, who was a 30-something lady who, who had two kids and was married at the age of 17. She spoke perfect English that she learnt in high school, but never used since. And she was a stay-at-home mum who wanted to work, but didn't have the opportunity to. She became my best friend very quickly. They spoke every evening, sometimes chatting long into the night, just catching up on the day's activity. When I used to talk to Devi, I used to notice that she was always doing something else, you know? So she would either be cooking on an open flame, breathing in smoke from the wood or plastic or whatever she's burning at the time. She would, she would be hand-washing her clothes because she doesn't have access to an electric washing machine. And, and you know, there was no electricity. So when Suguma, her seven-year-old son, had an exam the next day, they had to study under, under darkness. And this is a very significant moment that I had when I offered my phone to Divya who, that had a flashlight so that she could at least study in some sort of light with, with Suguma. So it's at that point that I realized, you know, Divya has really simple problems that, that we, or at least I take for granted. And um, it was it was a point where I, 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 I saw her hand washing clothes. And at that point, it was three hours into the evening of our conversation, and she was still hand washing clothes, scrubbing and cleaning each piece of cloth on her hands and knees. And uh, I promised her a manual washing machine. At, the, at that point, her eyes lit up. Hello and welcome to Engineering Matters. I'm Alex Conacher. And I'm Rian Erin. The voice you just heard was Nav Sawney, a young engineer who gave up his lucrative dream job in London because he saw a way to make the world a better place for millions of people living in some of the most economically deprived conditions in the world. This decision would take him all over the world, from meeting displaced and sometimes desperate people in refugee camps, to pitching his idea to international humanitarian bodies. But it all started with that one promise made to his neighbour in a small rural village in South India. This episode is the second in our Engineers of the Future mini-series, which has been made in partnership with the Royal Academy of Engineering through their Ingenious Awards scheme. Ingenious is a programme that supports projects that engage the public with engineering, while at the same time providing engineers with opportunities for public engagement. This episode is the story of problem-solving for the greater good, of engineering that makes the world better, of promises kept, 
and of paying people in samosas. It is the story of Nav's journey to produce a cheap, hand-operated washing machine. Five billion people around the world do not have access to an electric washing machine, and this burden falls mostly on women. In poorer countries, women can spend as much as 20 hours of their week washing clothes by hand. And uh, this is really arduous, you know, it takes, it takes time, it takes effort, and it causes back pain, joint pain, skin irritation. And even as COVID-19 spreads across the world, we know that women are being increasingly, increasingly disproportionately affected. Women are still having to gather water in queues and are forced into clusters that leaves them more susceptible to the disease. So these are the, the problems that women are facing around the world. And then there is the sustainability issue. Hand washing takes upwards of 40 litres of water per wash, which is roughly half of a family's daily allocation in a refugee camp. What people really need is a washing machine that is quick and painless to use, is affordable and uses a minimal amount of water. So, my name is Navjot Singh Soni. Navjot actually means new light, and uh, I'm the founder of the Washing Machine Project. Ever since he was little, Nav was on course to become an engineer. He was obsessed with the way things fitted together and how they worked. From as long as I can remember, when I was a kid, I used to be a very, very curious child. I was obsessed with how things worked. My father was an engineer and he'd take me to various air shows and I'd be really fascinated about how these planes get up into the sky. And then I'd come back home and I would take the toolbox out of the cupboard and take apart appliances and start to take apart plugs and stuff. And I really made my mum very angry because I used to break everything around me. But uh, it really kind of triggered my imagination. Nav was also always interested in travel, which is a passion that started when he was about seven years old and went into the Scouts movement. I was allowed to travel to different locations through camping and, and things like that. And my family, my mum in particular, was very passionate about travel and, and exploring different cultures. And, and I think that's really important. Um, to broaden your horizons, you know, me sitting here in London, you can create a bubble around you, but actually broadening your experience and broadening your horizons about what else is out there in the world was a really valuable experience when I was a child. This curiosity became just as important and influential as his fascination with engineering. Studying aerospace engineering was a very natural transition for me. So my father was in aerospace when I was young and he passed away unfortunately, so it's kind of a continuity. And the aerospace engineering degree really helped me understand how things worked in terms of airflow. So I was really interested in how things like traveled around objects, whether it was cars or spaceships and, and things like that. Then came the day that many young people dream of. The day that they are recognised for their hard work. As an engineer, you <laughs> you are so excited to join the race, right? You, you, 
you are lucky that you have this degree. You're you're invited to to various careers fairs and and things like that. And there's not much thought that goes into what you're doing. You know what you're getting yourself in for, what your passions are. You you just want to get onto the best grad program that you you can get onto or the best job that you can find as soon as possible. At least this is for me personally. And and I've spoken to many people since, and it's, it seems to be like a reoccurring trend. And so um, I I was lucky enough within two months of graduation to to land a, a graduate job at Dyson. Dyson, one of the most successful engineering companies in the world, the British technological powerhouse designs and manufactures all sorts of household appliances, but is most famous for its vacuum cleaners. James Dyson himself is one of the most famous inventors of the modern age and pushed his ingenious designs for a bagless vacuum cleaner through to market amidst resistance through pure grit and then took the world by storm. And that was, as an engineer, you know, that's one of the best technology companies in the country, if not the world, and really pioneering in some of their designs. And so... For me, that was such a dream to to get. And then I I was there for three years and I gained so many skills and expertise and presenting to James Dyson a couple of times and the designs that, that we came up with were really interesting and that was really cool. But for Nav, this just wasn't enough. Every bit of good engineering that I'm doing right now is essentially making vacuum cleaners for for middle class people that, that really have all that they that, that they need in the world, you know. And I wanted my engineering to, to do more, you know, and, and help people. So that's why I decided to uh, essentially quit uh, and take a sabbatical out of my career. And so you can imagine as as a person that's coming from a South Asian family, my mother, who's very proud of my achievements, I, I come home and I tell her that that I want to quit and I'm going to go volunteer for a year unpaid, you know. So that conversation that evening was very, very eventful. But yeah, I haven't looked back ever since. NAV joined Engineers Without Borders, a not-for-profit engineering organisation that is on a mission to embed global responsibility in engineering all over the world. You can hear more from them in episode 59, Empowering Ethical Engineering. Upon joining the International Placement Programme, he took the opportunity to spend a year in India, making clean and efficient cook stoves for people who rely on burning solid fuel. So this is wood or charcoal or dung, whatever you can lay your hands on to burn to then heat up your food. This is really inefficient and it's very unhealthy. It creates a lot of emissions. Uh, that you then breathe in and it creates chronic disease like pneumonia, cataracts and really problematic health considerations. He was placed with a social enterprise called Prakti, which makes stainless steel stoves that mimic traditional clay stoves that burn more efficiently using secondary combustion methods, where the flame is so hot that it burns off the smoke from the primary combustion. What Prakti really taught me was that the importance of being very close to your consumer 
and being meticulous in the testing process and understanding the user need. So, you know, there's a saying that we came up with, which was disadvantaged people don't want poor quality products. They want good quality products. So we really tried to adopt that with every kind of decision that we made. And this is where Nav met Divya, his neighbour who spent hours practising her English with him every evening, whilst tirelessly cleaning her family's clothes by hand. If you're a woman around the world, wherever you're living, uh, you are disproportionately being affected right now when it comes to unpaid labour. Women work harder than men and are paid less for it, not only professionally, but in the homes as well. Even though that it props up the economy, you know. When we're looking at the developing world, so in places like India, in Africa and South America, so the global south, women are even more disproportionately affected. So someone like Divya would spend more than 20 hours a week hand-washing clothes. And that's not the only thing that she does. She has to cook, she has to clean, she has to childbear. Um, and it's really unfair and it needs to, it needs to be equalised. After promising to make a washing machine for Divya, it quickly became clear that this would be a massive undertaking. There are billions of people in Divya's situation who need help just as urgently. I knew that the problem was too big for me to solve on my own. So I established a very small and tight-knit group of friends and mentors that, that had the skills and expertise that, that would be able to help me. So whether it be engineers or marketing specialists or business development people or communication experts uh, to, to make this possible. And, and I reached out to my network and, and these are people like me who, who want to make the world a better place with the skills that they have. The Washing Machine Project was founded in 2018. So when we started, it was a really bootstrap project. I remember I paid people in samosas, <laughs> so so I would I would buy them dinners and, and things like that. Drawing from his experience with Prakti, Nav knew that he needed to emulate a data-driven, user-focused approach to develop his washing machine. This carried on into 2019. The Washing Machine Project has travelled to six countries uh, and interviewed over 500 families. We take a, a very data-centred approach. I mean, if you just look at our logo, it has a heart in the middle, so signifying that there's the beneficiary, people like Divya, are at the centre of everything that we do. The last thing that we would want is to design or create another product that's not going to be used and and really difficult in terms of adoption. And so that's why speaking to people who are going to be using the product is so important. So we ask questions like, how big is your family? How often do you wash clothes? How many times uh, do you wash clothes uh, in the week? How does it differ from summer to winter? You know, what kind of detergent do you use? How much water do you use? And those kinds of things. And that really feeds back and feeds into the design stage of, of, of creating this manual manual washing machine that we're, we're trying to make. And we're trying to make a, a manual washing machine that's affordable, portable, and uses less water compared to hand washing clothes. 
On the back of this research, they found, for example, that the average family size in a refugee camp in Iraq is nine, and half the family will be under the age of five. So, a lot of clothes need to be washed. And displaced people may need to pack up and leave quickly, so it needs to be light and portable. We knew that affordability was a problem as well. So we did some research about the buying power of women living in poverty. Anything less than £35, then the woman can say, yes, I can afford this. Anything more than that, she has to ask for permission from, unfortunately, the man who's the breadwinner. And the man would most likely to say no, because it's a problem that doesn't affect him. The resulting prototype is called the Divya and features a rotating drum with a high capacity, seven kilograms, just the same as a washing machine in a house in the developed world. It also uses 20 litres of water per wash, half the 40 litres that are needed for washing the equivalent load by hand. And a wash cycle takes just 30 minutes, instead of the two or two and a half hours needed for a hand wash. So yeah, large drum capacity, low water consumption, uh, light and portable, uh, robust, and you stand up whilst you use it using a, a crank handle, using a broomstick motion. And that's a positive posture, trying to reduce the repetitive uh, motion of scrubbing each piece of cloth. Uh, and we also um, limit the interaction with detergent and soap. But the cleverest engineering is on the inside. So the technology that, that we think is is unique is is the way that the washing machine actually washes clothes and that is found within the drum itself and that's in the baffles it's the way that they creates foaming and so we have three baffles that 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 mimic or replicate the agitation that you find uh, when you hand wash clothes and also in electric washing machines as well so it creates foaming increases agitation and and takes out those those tough uh, dirt stains that you see. While on a humanitarianism course that he was taking at Bath University, a fellow student urged Nav to take his prototype to Iraq. He invited me over to Iraq, where he was working at the time, and said, why don't you take your prototype to Iraq and just see if there's a proof of concept here, you know, see if actually people are liking it. And so... That was with Care International. So we we went out to Iraq, we interviewed 79 families, and the feedback was great. This caught the attention of Oxfam, and they proposed a pilot project in 2019. And then we were lucky enough to be introduced to Oxfam on the back of that. We produced a report, and then Oxfam funded us for 50 of these prototypes to be distributed in camps in Iraq in Mosul. And we've never really looked back since. And so now we're in conversations with the UN, the UNHCR in, in Jordan, to do a similar pilot in November. So we're really excited about that. And um, thank you so much for for all the partners and, and the people that are supporting us. And yeah, we urge people to con consider us when, when they're looking to donate to a good cause. Details on how to donate to the Washing Machine Project through their Just Giving page will be in the show notes. This money is spent on development and production of the washing machines, as well as distributing the machines themselves. 
So far, the team is at about 75% of their current £10,000 goal. And before the coronavirus struck, they were eyeing a second pilot project, followed by increased production to really begin supplying these machines en masse in 2021. Their plans are delayed, but they are still driving for this goal. But what about NAV and Divya? This all started with a promise. We haven't managed to get the washing machine out to Divya yet because of coronavirus. But as soon as the lockdown lifts in India, it's one of the first things that we're going to do. That's a promise that I want to keep to her. There are so many other problems in the world that engineers can help with. NAV is passionate about engaging with the profession to leverage this ability. We as engineers have so much potential to impact the world in such a positive light and shining a light on the impact of this is really important. And it's important that that engineers need to know the potential that they have. So they need to think ethically. They need to have a globally responsible mindset. All this is what led to the creation of the Washing Machine Project. But for NAV, we also need to change the perception of engineering to attract a more diverse range of talent. And so, do the most good. It needs to be a mindset change, right? So when you think of an engineer, you think of someone that's that's going to be coming over to fix your boiler or your car, or wearing a hard hat, or or male and white. You know, you don't think of an amazing uh, coder that's that's making an app that will help a refugee access uh, legal help in a refugee camp. But those are what engineers are needed for, you know? There is such a range of things that can be done to help the world. And the next generation in particular will need to be empowered to help. Uh, and that's that's such a broad spectrum of of things that you can do with your engineering degrees. And so that needs to be influenced from a government point of view, there needs to be an educational change and a mindset change. And when we look at Generation Z or Generation Z right now, and the next generation of engineers that are coming up, you're inheriting an Earth or a planet that could go either way. We've made so much progress in the last hundred years, and we know that people are so engaged right now and so emotionally charged with wanting to help, and they just don't know how. And there is one myth about engineering in particular that NAV would like to dispel. You don't need to be an engineer to to solve engineering problems, you know. Engineering is a cross-skill, cross-multidisciplinary approach that it's needed to, to succeed in some of the world's largest problems. And so my advice would be to those people is to really just get involved and don't be afraid about the the kind of the failures that you might come across you know you don't you don't need to fly to india to change the world you don't need to have this epiphany in a land far away you know there's grassroots organizations that need your help right now in in the area that you're living in you know so yeah reach out And as COVID-19 spreads, people are going to be working more remotely so that helps your cause even better. And so thinking 
ethically in everything that you're doing, the impact that you're doing, that you're, that you're hoping to achieve. Engineering Matters is a production of Reby Media. Produced by Alex Conacher and Rian Owen. Edited by Bernadette Ballantyne. Sound engineering by Ross McPherson. Series supervisor is John Young. And our executive detergent is Rory Harris. Special thanks to The Washing Machine Project and the Royal Academy of Engineering. This episode was made in partnership with the Royal Academy of Engineering's Ingenious Public Engagement Award Scheme. The project aims to engage the public with engineers and engineering while providing engineers with opportunities for public engagement. The Academy's overarching goal for 2025 is to harness the power of engineering to build a sustainable society and an inclusive economy that works for everyone. If you would like to tell your story, please get in touch by emailing alex at rebemedia.com. Thank you for listening. You can find us on all podcast apps, on our website, engineeringmatters.reby.media, and share us on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. Did you enjoy this podcast? We would like to know what you think. Check the show notes for a link to a listener questionnaire to give us your feedback. 